Hey, everybody, this is hey. Zach. And this is Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we've recorded. We, we kind of fell out of swing. <laughs> I was going to be like, hey, do you want to redo this? But ah, let's keep on going. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it we're going live <laughs> we're going we're going for the gold um yeah so so uh this is a book club episode this is uh an episode where we're covering my pick uh stephen king's it from the 1986 it. yeah um, this was actually the first time uh for myself reading it yeah yeah well and, and it's i i don't know how many times i've read this book <laughs> um spoilers yeah. but um yeah I mean, no like, i Oh, go ahead. I can definitely see like this book was up your alley. Uh, yeah, it's, I could it's see really why you weird. really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it's it's really weird. Um, so, like, I guess to start off, it's um, so it's King's twenty second novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the seventeenth that he wrote under his own name, which is like one a year and then some since he he became a professional yeah. writer. Which I, I don't understand how you. although it was the 70s and so i guess all he was doing was like drugs and writing so yeah (laughs) you know um and it's it's funny i i don't know why i'm so drawn to this this book um it's because it's an epic like it's it's Mm -hmm. like what 1100 pages it's it's a lot it's it was um but it actually reads fairly fast like it does yeah I, yeah, and I, feel... I, I think it's the part of the the reason why is like the way it's chopped up. It is where um, it's like a the time jump in the middle. Yeah, like the, so yeah. so the the way it's structured is it, it kind of opens up uh, in 1984 um, mm-hmm. or 1980. Yeah, mm-hmm. 1984 or 1985 um, with uh, gay guys that are that are getting harassed, and one yeah. of them or they get attacked, and one of them is thrown into a um drainage uh tunnel right yeah and it was like and it's the iconic like i think there was like a paper sailboat that um most people see yeah oh wait no yeah you're right it's so <laughs> yeah that's the first major section the prologue that, that you're talking about is, oh. is in the 50s that i always for whatever reason blank on <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah yeah because i uh, i always like you know i hadn't read the book but i had seen you know some of the movies and i feel like whenever you see like a pennywise meme that's mm-hmm. usually the scene that you're seeing is the prologue where there's that sailboat ship in like the sewers and then um and then like a creepy hand like reaches up and everything like that yeah um i've seen the multiple memes of like what you got down in there and it's like well i got whatever you want basically like (laughs) i got mcdonald's down here and they're like okay i got student loans paid off (laughs) (laughs) climbing in there (laughs) okay um and yeah the you know the, the the kid gets um you know murdered he gets pulled halfway into the the pipe and his arms out of his socket and everything Mm, yeah Um, it's um it's kind of gruesome it is very gruesome because well and especially at the time it it wasn't common for things to deal with like violence towards children yeah Um, there's a lot of um mature themes in this book that uh yeah that i was not super expecting 
Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I first started really, the first time I read this, I had a couple of friends that were like a grade or two ahead of me um, Mm -hmm. when I was in middle school. So I was in sixth grade when I started reading this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really interesting because like reading it now again as an adult, I have the two perspectives of having read it as a kid and being like, man, all this adult shit is boring. And then as an adult going, Oh, wow. I'm really nostalgic for my own childhood. And man, I really am am fascinated with the way these adults interact with each other. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, and it's interesting that like the book makes you nostalgic for your childhood because there's definitely that overarching theme of like childhood sort of like a one way street where you can become a child you know, there's a a defining moment where you like are not a child anymore. You are an adult and there's no way to go back to that. You can't like regain your childhood. Yeah. And I, you know, at least that's kind of what I got a little bit from this. Oh, that's, that's absolutely what it is. Um, and I mean, he, um, you know, when when writing this, I think because he had a a young, fairly young family at the time, he he started this. It came out in eighty six, but he um, started it in seventy eight um, mm-hmm. because for a short period of time, I think he was living in Colorado um, before he wrote The Shining. I, I think he and his wife visited there, and they they may have bought a house or something out there afterwards. Oh, but okay. um he started fully like actually writing and polishing it in in 80, finished mm-hmm. it, it over the course of five years. So okay. King does a lot of juggling books, which I don't understand how you can do. He, like if I were writing yeah. a book, I would want to focus. But he if you look at like the end of all of his novels, he has like a date range of when he started it and when he finished it. And a lot of them overlap. So he'll work on. Yeah. Which is insane. Like it's just hard to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, he apparently did a lot of research into the construction of how the sewer system in Bangor, Maine works, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't know why he did that because yeah, like, Sewer systems are important in in the book, but I I wouldn't think that they'd be important enough to like research. Yeah, (laughs) speak to experts. Um, Uh. But, you know, it it did become a bestselling hardcover for uh, Mm -hmm. 86. Um, And, you know, like like I was saying earlier, it it alternates time periods like it. It goes from 57, 58 with Georgie and and the kids. And then yeah, the like loser group. Or yeah, and Losers then it's Club. Losers yeah, Losers Club. Club. Yeah. yeah. And and then it flashes forward to the their adult years in 84, 85. Mm-hmm. Um and this one, like a lot of his books in the 70s and 80s, is based in Derry, Maine, which is a hundred percent made up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, is this um I, I feel like we've visited I, was this during the running man? Uh, yes, yeah, so it's okay. where the standoff is at the very oh, okay. end. And the running man. I yeah, that's so. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's the biggest tip off in that because I think at that point when that one came out, it had already been revealed that he was Richard Bachman. And mm. so I feel like he had it take place in Derry at the airstrip there. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice. like, yes, this is Stephen King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stephen King this coming is... at you. It's yeah. your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, and the reason it, it flips between those times is is it's um, 
would say ultimately this book is less horror and more of a sci-fi like Lovecraftian book. Yeah, I definitely got like Eldritch vibes from Pennywise. Yeah, like it's, because especially uh, during the end, on, yes, like, how like the ritual and how they defeated him. Yes, yes. So, so the the thing with and this is spoilers, obviously, if you haven't read the book from yeah. here on. Um, stop read the book and then come back but um <laughs> so spoilers pennywise is this this uh cosmic alien um mm -hmm. it it crash landed billions of years ago into dairy maine and has been buried underneath it and every 27 years it comes out and feeds on the people is, yeah, is the revelation it, they make it enjoys feeding on like a sad and like Rests. like I remember uh, well, fear. The, fear fear yeah, yeah it's yeah. fear based because it it i think it says when they're connected to its like psyche that it sweetens the meat yeah it, like sons the meat or something yeah. yeah yeah and so so it it feeds on on fear in people and it i i one of the interesting things with this book i think is that uh, king um comments that that it prefers children because their fears are so much simpler to manifest like yeah. the fear that you see like one of the kids is a his mother has made him a hypochondriac and and, and so it takes mm -hmm. the form of uh, a leper and attacks yeah. him yeah. um like a, a grossly like what a what a you know 10 year old kid thinks leprosy is leper. not like an yeah. actual leper but um, you know, one of them gets attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, it's like these simple things where, like, if you're going to attack a, I don't know, an adult, it's like, your late bills on your mortgage. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> like, adult fears are so much more complicated to, yeah. like, it, it could dress up as, like, an IRS man, but, like, <laughs> man, I don't know if... <laughs> Yeah, yeah i don't know but, how well that would that would go over <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but, but with kids it's more simple because you know you have that like kids flight of fancy where, yeah exactly you know, they believe in things that once you become an adult you just kind of disbelieve and i think again that kind of ends up into that um stratosphere of like kids becoming adults yes yeah so so this book like you said it um you know it, it focuses on a uh a, the loss of of uh, childhood innocence really mm -hmm. um and the way it does that one, one of the the things when these movies were coming out that everyone was constantly like yeah, but you know, the, the there's a there's an orgy in the sewers with a bunch of yep. preteens, and it's like, yeah, there there is. It's it's not um... because this was the first time that I had interacted with this um, yeah. this scene. Well, I had no idea about this. <laughs> oh, you didn't see um, any of the memes and stuff going around about? No, no, this was the first time that I had um, actually like read it, and it is pretty like out of the not out of the blue but kind of out of the blue where it's like it it is and it isn't really so so the um it's, the the whole thrust of this book is you know losing your your childhood innocence mm -hmm. and so the way king construction constructs it as 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 i'm reading it is that um 
you know, sex and death are the two um, polar opposites. Uh, well, no, no, they're not opposites. They're they're, they're the two connect. They're uh, thresholds, I guess, mm. um, that you cross when you go from being a child to an adult. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, death is everywhere in this book. Um, mm-hmm. And so to me, it kind of makes sense to be in there. It like he's not he's not. Um, he's not detailed and graphic like it, like yeah, yeah, you can tell like, what he's writing about but he's not writing like a harlequin romance yeah yeah it's not like he's oh just, her bosom like pulsated or yeah there's none of that yeah uh, it's not per- as pervy as people make it seem. like it's still kind of gross because yeah they're they're having sex in a sewer and yeah, they're and they're, 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 they're like age. Yeah. yeah they're preteens so and i mean it does kind of not out of left field but like I, it just, it took me, it, it, like, I was like, oh, oh, I guess this is happening. Okay. Yeah. And, and the way that I read it this time, because like, I, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really do a close reading as a kid because, you know, that's the thing about being an adult now is when you go back and read this, it's like, oh, I can pick up the themes of, of, you know, the loss of innocence in here. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're a kid, you you can't really pick that up um, yeah. as well. But it it makes sense. Like the the way that I read it this time is that they're they're being compelled to do it because they all have to lose their memories. Yeah. Um, because, because they're trying they, to find their way out. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what happens. Like they 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 do this, they find the, their way out, and then they all go their separate ways because that summer is over. And like you do when you're an adult, you lose contact with childhood friends, and which is unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but like I still remember my childhood friends. Like yeah. they, the thing that they that happens to them is that they all completely like Just, lose yeah. their memories of each other and yeah. they only really get them back when hanlon calls and calls them back because they didn't actually kill it the first time yeah and um it again it's it's interesting because i thought maybe it was more of like trying to form that bond because you know when you do have sex with somebody you form that like connection with that person right Oh, yeah, and that's that's what I was saying, is that I I feel like they're being compelled by, um, I can't remember if they name name him in this book, but Gon or the the turtle, the, like, the good counterpart to it. It's Um, like the Ritual of Gon or something. No, the Ritual of Chud, but, Mm -hmm. um, or Chud, Chud, um, where they, they, like, bite each other's tongues and and riddle at each other. Um, Yeah. And yeah, if it, no one's read this book, this sounds like an insane description. <laughs> it all makes sense in the book because yeah. King is a, is a good storyteller. But yeah, um, and I but, really you know, like God the way is, that he writes like Eldritch horror too. Like, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. It it um, because it's not like it's not like he borrows a lot from like Cthulhu or something. Like you could end up like cheaping out a little bit and be like oh it's like a cthulhu monster and like heavily like reference yeah stuff that like hp lovecraft does but like you know it it speaks to king as a writer where he can kind of make up these own sort of um like rituals and things and they seem very plausible in the moment with like the um 
boundaries that he set in his world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it has the standard King tropes. It, it has the, uh, the, the things that stranger things grasps at mm-hmm. is what, what I like to call them. Um, yeah. and, and the four biggest ones to me are, uh, that, you know, the, it's heavily ingrained in memory and nostalgia. Yeah. Um, it focuses on childhood trauma. Um, and there's, there's a, uh, just kind of a, a general darkness that, that creeps around, uh, behind small town americana you know like it's it's the surface that obscures a bunch of dark shit going on so the, the things that david yeah. Lynch does uh, a lot with and then the last one is you know evil is defeated by trust and sacrifice yeah where there you don't have a uh, flawless victory something no. usually has to you know give up the ghost basically oh yeah or yeah yeah it's it's um you know, it's it's interesting when all of them are called the uh, that, you know, one of them actually commits suicide rather than go back. Because yeah. when Hanlon, Mike Hanlon is the the only one of the, the group that um, stays in Derry kind of as a as a sentinel. Almost, yeah, to, like to watch watcher. out for for it. And mm-hmm. he he retains all of his memories. Um, he calls all of the, the, his friends from the losers cut club, uh, as adults Mm -hmm. and all like, they even comment that like, yeah, Mike is like the head librarian who makes like 20 grand a year, which, you know, this is 1986. That's that's still a significant amount of money, but, but like he makes 20 grand a year, whereas all of them are extremely successful. Like the chances of that happening, even though they're in different fields are astronomical. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. like, um, one of them is, is like an architect that, uh, that, that designed a, um, large landscape structure in London. Um, Another one is that like he's wealthy enough to have his own private jet. Like he's a recognizable, like known architect, like on the level of Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like people would know his name. Um, one of them is a successful fashion designer. Um, you know, they, I, I think Mike even points out like, hey, raise your hand if you filed taxes for less than a million dollars last yes. year. <laughs> <laughs> And none of them can, um, which I will say, it's funny to me that uh, King is known for doing this, but there's always like a, um, a, a, a like where King is like writing himself into the story because <laughs> one of one of them is like an uber all- successful horror writer who is yeah. like on the set of a, of a film that he's written a screenplay to that's adapting one of his books. And it's like. Okay, I see what you're doing there, but yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> you're just riding yourself in here, yeah. But I mean, yeah. you, like you said, it's very um typical of King to do that. Yeah. You can find a lot of like self-insert characters. Yeah, and it's always some some like weirdly like quiet, nebbishly like like attuned author who's just like, like, yeah. like yeah, I'm gonna fight evil. <laughs> it's like sure. <laughs> Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, and and you know the the whole general flow of the book is you know twenty seven years later it it alternates between um fifty seven fifty eight and eighty four eighty five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and it you know like you you were saying the prologue is in 58 then it cuts to dairy in the then current day where the the two gay guys are attacked and it like it's that is the final occurrence of um that makes mike i think call everyone because like there had been a series of of murders and strange coincidences happening um like to the point that he says at one point that that dairy is like the deadliest place in america to live like per capita mm-hmm. um and no one talks about it because it's influence over the city where it crash landed billions of years ago um kind of just makes people feel like yeah this is just a town yeah this is normal this is you know all the uh um, the people dying but yeah like when they go through the history it's like oh wow yeah you'd think that some of these would be like national coverage because like there's a um there's an ironworks that explodes on an easter egg hunt yeah and kills lots and lots of women and children <laughs> um there's the stuff that happens in the, the 20s and the 50s they, they're like there's living people who took part in a shootout in the downtown section uh of dairy um yeah Yeah. where like criminals like were in town i think this this is the one that was in the 20s right where where like there were criminals in town and they were on the run from the law and like the entire town just like shot them (laughs) yeah um and no one could really explain why but then like they start looking at pictures and the pictures start moving and then hey there's a there's a guy that's not a clown, but is a clown. And he's like doing these Looney Tunes moves and shit, like hanging off signs by, by the tip of his toe. Yeah. And like directing all this and like, ev- like the old timers, by the time it, it gets to the the eighties are just like, yeah, well, I, you know, it's just a thing that happened. <laughs> yes, and we so. all just kind of forgot about it. No one talked about it anymore after that. Yeah. Um, there's the, the, uh, black NCO club that's on, on the air base that's, that's nearby that mm-hmm. has a, um, uh, a little guest cameo by a, a man named uh, Dick Halloran, who we came across in the shining. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dick, yeah. Dick is a, um, I think he's like a corporal or, or maybe a staff sergeant or something when, when the, uh, the, the local racist, you know, barred the doors and, and set it on fire. Oh yeah. 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 Um, it's, I mean, I guess we haven't really talked much about like the Bowser's gang, the, like the yeah the group of people because wasn't the main character like the main uh, I guess head honcho of that gang like anti-Semitic? Like, oh yeah, yeah, left and right, yeah. yeah, like the 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 um you know like there because of a consequence of when it was written and the time period he's writing about when they're kids. Even even friends of of Stan and Mike are just kind of casually racist as like jokes, right? Because yeah. like they're still friends and they're still hanging out, but like I don't think you could do that today, basically. Yeah. Um, like that's that, and I'm not saying that it should have been done then either, because ultimately this is still, you know, like if if my criticism of of like Ernest Klein with Ready Player One is that like he was he's ultimately responsible for his characters. Mm -hmm. Stephen King is also ultimately responsible for his characters. Like as, as a, as a white man, like he should not be having these kids be making jokes and being like, Oh, ha ha. But it's fine. It's like, well, 
Is, is it though? It, is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, like that's I mean, that's ultimately not good. Oh, um, and his name was Henry, right? Henry Bowers. Yes, yeah. and Henry is the and he leader. Was, like, crazy too. Yes, he like, he is the leader of the 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 group of of kids that bully the Losers Club. Um, like you know, Hen- them. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you kind of feel sorry because like his his dad like beats the living it's, piss out of him yeah. consistently. They live in like a tar paper shack. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like to be fair also though, that Henry poisons Mike's dog as a kid. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, like he's still a piece of shit. Like I don't feel sorry for him, but I can see where there is some like, okay, there's, there's some, some circumstantial like bad things. And, and doesn't he try to like carve his name into like, yes. Kind of the, yeah. Yeah. Like he Which is, so there's a scene where like the fat kid, uh, didn't let him cheat off of him. And so now, now he had to go to summer school. He knew his dad was going to beat the piss out of him. So, yeah. The gang captures this is Ben's introduction to the mm-hmm. Losers Club because uh, he's the kid that like hides out in the library and is like friendly with adults because doesn't really have a whole lot of friends as a kid. Um, yeah, he's he's that kid. Um, and the the gang chases him, catch him. And then uh, Henry pulls out this knife and starts trying to carve his name in his. Belly. Yeah. And. There are adults that like he's doing this in broad daylight. It's right after school and, yeah, and there are adults driving by and they just kind of look the other way. Yeah. They're, they're like involved. the whole like kids will be kids. It's like, no, this dude's literally trying to like. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. it's funny when Ben comes back as an adult, he, you know, he's lost a lot of weight and stuff, but like he, um, he remarks that ever since he came back to town, the, the H, that, H that was managed to get carved into yeah. his belly has started to come back. Yeah, that's so creepy. Because, you know, your scars fade yeah. <laughs> after time, especially yeah. if he's lost as much weight as, as he has. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the skin goes totter again. Like it's that's going to fade. But but yeah, yeah like the H is coming back. Um, and, you know, Henry comes back as an adult. He was uh, put in a mental hospital, I think. Yeah. A mental hospital. Yeah. Um, because he was kind of exposed to the deadlights, the, the, um, the essence really of what it is, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really cool way of describe, because like, again, this is less horror to me and more of like a sci-fi because it is an alien. <laughs> right yeah like it's sci-fi in the way that alien is sci-fi or it's mm-hmm. horror in the way that alien is horror like yeah. it it um in this book um yeah like it's it's it manifests in the end when they fight it as adults as a giant spider because that's that's the image that most closely like forms what it can look like in their mind but that's not what yeah. it is like it's no. It, it's like this, it, it, it's a hyper object. It it doesn't really have dimensions that we can perceive of. Yeah, you know, and it, it's more of like an idea too. It's more of like yeah. a, uh, you know, it's it's not like a fully fledged out body, and that's why it can shape shift and everything along those lines. Where yeah, it you know it pulls on your your fears and your psyche. So yeah, well, and and the the reason I I um. Like I, I, th- I 
do think like the the best way of describing it is is have have you read the the book um it's a nonfiction book called hyper objects no so it's um it's a book that a philosopher i think it i think in minnesota wrote um maybe 10 or 15 years ago mm-hmm. um that i really like where he he calls certain certain things um hyper objects like the that because we can't see how it or predict how things will end really like if you think of something like his his example in that book is um climate change is a hyper object like there's a defining Mm. point of when climate change first started and then there's a there's an end to it that we haven't experienced yet right interesting and it exists in all of those things but it, it exists and it's so large and encompassing that it it like we see effects of it. We don't really see the thing in general, the whole thing, yeah. because there's not a specific thing you can point to and go, that's climate change. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's this big overwhelming thing. Yeah. Um, there's no like small pinpoint you can, you know, focus on. Yeah. And, and so that's how I like to think of it. Like your mind makes sense of it as your mind will make sense of it, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it can't really be conceived by human, um, sensory inputs i think that's a good way of describing it yeah 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 and it's it's um yeah i I don't know like the the book to me is so massive and intricate like it's that's another reason why i like this book i think is that i have a soft spot for um like jonathan franzen style like long meandering like family epics where it's like here's the story of a family told over like 30 years and like the different ways that resentments build and Mm -hmm. relationships change and things like that. This book is like, it's ordered as well as it can be by time period. But like the, you have to read the whole thing, I think for the plot to really unfold in a certain way, like the way he's intending it to. And so it has a lot in common, I think with family epics as well. Yeah. I mean, this was definitely a book that I sat down and I read quite a bit in like a couple of sittings. Oh, yeah. It, One, it, just um... because it really pulls you into everything. And, you know, with that kind of horror alien-esque um, genre, it really does kind of like cliffhang you. Like there's a lot of um, chapters that you get to and you're like, well, I, I got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it moves pretty quickly too. Like the sections are long. I I think the longest section in there actually is um the second like full 1958 mm-hmm. portion where it's it's um you know, talking about them formulating the plan to attack and and dismantle it, right? Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's um and and you know we'll be talking about uh in in future episodes the uh, the mini series and the the two movies. Um I was really hoping that when they were doing the movies that uh when they when they released them for home media, mm-hmm. I really wished that they had done like a a book version that interspliced the two scenes from the movie in the order that the book had them take Mm, place in. Yeah. So you could watch it in one long continuous, like four and a half hour stretch. Yeah. (laughs) Like the book is done, but that never happened. I mean, 
I'm sure and there are edits sort of out see, there. Yeah, how it would be hard for people to follow along. And oh, I'm talking about just home release, not like theater release. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just so like that way, pr presumably, if you're buying it that way, you've already seen the movie and you know how it goes. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I have to say on this. Um, I know that the, this is going to be a shorter episode just because... I, I think I've said my piece. Like, I, I really do you know, recommend this book to people. Um, Me too. Um, I, I did, did you have think... anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, I think we hit on all of the um, notes that I had. Um, yeah. Just, you know, again, Stephen King is a very prolific writer. Yeah. And <laughs> I really think that like his, uh, I mean, his writing's very accessible. And I think that it's kind of easy to get into and everything. And I feel like this book, especially if you're not like a, a big avid reader or anything along those lines, I think that this book is still, you know, something that you could really get yourself into. Yeah, it's still approachable. Like, it, yeah. I think the only thing that, that makes people not want to read it is the fact that it's 1100 pages and, and printed on like parchment paper. Yeah. Uh, or at least my version was. But it um it, it goes by very quickly because he does. he does have such a good facility with the language that it's you're not having to sit and think, mm -hmm. you know, in between and, paragraphs of what people are saying. It's not dense like a book like Dune or like Gardens of the Moon is where you're you've really got to take what a character like is communicating and sit and think and go, okay, what are they actually saying? With yeah. What are they trying to tell me? <laughs> um, King has, like you said, is a, a really good way of communicating ideas very quickly and very understandably. Um, and, you know, being, being kind of dense where he likes to be. Like if you've ever read the dark tower series, um, those can get pretty dense. Mm -hmm. Um, but like something like it, I think there's a reason why it was a best-selling hardcover when it yeah. first came out. Like anyone can pick this up and, and read it and get through it relatively quickly. Yeah. And again, sometimes with like, uh, Eldritch horror and things along those lines, it can get very wordy. And, you know, oh, yeah. as you're trying to describe this horror, you're trying to, emphasize like the i guess crazy aspect or like the intense aspect so i feel like a lot of writers try to use more complex words yeah. just because this creature that the characters are looking at is complex so they want to try to like get across that like madness where they basically create sort of a um a very, I guess, uh, wordy description. But I don't feel like that is done in this book. And I still yeah. think that you still get that sense of maddening sort of like craziness. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the interesting thing to me about like with, with what you were saying about like writers trying to use more and more obscure language to kind of emulate Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. 
you can do away with all of that very easily with what like what King does in this because mm. the way he does it when they see it he's like and this is some like this is not me reading from the text or anything but this is basically what he says is yeah it looked like a big spider that's yep. not what it actually looks like <laughs> but that's what they saw because <laughs> it can't be comprehended by human people anyway when they saw that spider dot dot <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you could very easily go yeah, they saw this. That's not what it is, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, I uh, really like this book. Um, uh, as far as grades go, I'm going to have to give it an A. Like, I recommend okay. that people read this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I give it a B plus. Okay. So, yeah, close. That's. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it is really good. There are some just like moments that are a little again cringy yeah um and it i don't think it was intended to be like that um no yeah i i definitely think that you know king was writing for the time but still it just it hits a little hard yeah it's very jarring it's you know it's like when um like when you watch a movie, even from like 10 or 15 years ago, like characters will say things on screen that that are like, it's like, whoa, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> huh? Oh, OK. Um, yeah. yeah. So, no, I, I definitely get that. Like I said, it's it's not. Um, it's not excusable for the kids to kind of talk the way they do, because ultimately, like I said, it's, you know, it's a, a cisgendered hetero, presumably uh, mm -hmm. white dude writing their lines, regardless of who the characters are. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say you can't have your character say whatever the hell you want. Um, but that also means that you're not like that doesn't mean you're doing it right. Either. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's my only critique. But again, it's a very small critique. Yeah. I think Cause, yeah, unless overall, you're reading only things from like the current time period that you're in like i i don't know what work isn't going to have that so like even yeah. like that's a fair critique to have mm -hmm. um which i agree with like i said yeah but uh, again um only a b plus but still you know b plus is good yeah yeah oh yeah 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 i've recommended things to people that when we've done them for the book club and going back and rereading them, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to grade this one. Not as high. Because <laughs> this is not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, with that, um, our next book, let me, let me flip over my notebook here. Our next book club book is, um, Oh, speaking of Ernest Klein, ready player two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be covering that. Should be that. interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm excited to go through it. Me too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll cover that. But in the meantime, um, we'll be back uh, next episode with the coverage of it, and then the two next episodes will be the uh, the two movies that they did most recently. Yeah. So be ready to sit with it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> all it, all the time. All it, all the time. Man, you know that there's a podcast out there probably where people just talk about yep. it. Yep. 
And, you know, I bet it's probably doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Do, probably doing better than us. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we, we do all right. Yeah, we no, I just have a really bad sense of self. <laughs> Self-esteem. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, we'll see you guys next time. All right, everyone. Be kind. Rewind. <laughs> Stay golden. <laughs> Bye. Bye.